0: yes all right you ain't seen nothing yet that's what we hear from our kids hello and welcome to uh down Center radio uh it is uh September 10th, 2012. This is episode 11. Uh, I'm Mark Owens, here with my good friend Jason Kosky. How you doing, Jason?
1: Hi, I'm fabulous. How
0: are you? We're. Here, I'm doing great as well. Uh, we're here to give you the dad's perspective on raising kids with Down Syndrome. We have a super fantastic guest here for you today. You ain't seen nothing yet from us either. It's supposed to be about our kids, but it kind of fits here as well. How, how are you doing up there, Jason?
1: Uh, doing great. We are preparing for the um departure of mama for about a week so oh yeah i'm uh i'm I'm a little bit nervous but um we do have colette's sister michelle came into town last week so she's going to be here for for about two weeks so we do have an additional set of hands in the house but um you know the loss of mama
0: you're in charge man you need to know where everything is
1: yeah, I know. That's what I'm afraid of.
0: <laughs> when when my wife goes out of town, my daughter always knows where everything is. Is Eloise that way?
1: Not yet, but I she will be. Uh, she is she, yes, she knows everything. She does not forget a, a single thing. All
0: right. All
1: but right. she's only four, so you know she can't yeah. like cook dinner or do anything like that yet.
0: Oh come on, man! Gotta give her chores now.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't know. And poor Jason had to drive home from work early, and had to fight traffic. <laughs> so if he seems all ragey, all suburban ragey, we know why that is. And hey, uh, Southern
1: California traffic, Dana knows what I'm talking about.
0: Shh, you're gonna reveal, oh, gonna get oh, the big reveal, oh. man. We actually okay. we already announced you last week, but I'm not gonna announce you proper. Uh, anyway, here in Virginia, we're just doing uh, back to school stuff. My son, even though he's four, went to two schools. He goes to. Uh, Regular preschool mm, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and the uh, like the early intervention program, the real school uh, on Mondays and Fridays. He gets the special ed instruction and he also gets the inclusion part as well. So, but it's a lot of adjustment for him. So, uh, that was a big week for us. My two other kids went to school, and going back to school time is always a happy time for parents. We like that, you know. Um, In the immortal words of Homer Simpson, now they're back in school, they're the government's problem. (laughs) 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 I don't really feel that way, but it does make me laugh. All right, you ready to introduce our big guest, Jason? Let's do it, for sure. uh, We have with us, now, uh, we mentioned from our big convention roundup that the person we really wanted to get was this person, and I also want to comment that every single person that we have asked to join us has said yes happily, and that just made me feel good. Uh, It's also made me feel a little uh, gutsy as far as who I ask. Uh, President Obama's going to be (laughs) here next week. No, I'm just (laughs) kidding. Uh, we have with us Dana Hale, the founder of the uh, Down Syndrome Foundation of uh, Orange County and the developer of the learning program. Uh, we mentioned that uh, all of her conference uh, sessions were very, very well attended. Uh, I went to at least three of them and enjoyed the heck out of them and uh, already have my son reading uh, at a 10th grade level. No, not yet, but uh, he's doing some great sight reading. Uh, and I feel that it's just uh, it's great material and it's good stuff. Welcome to the show, Dana. How you doing?
2: I'm doing well. Thank you so much <laughs> for that introduction.
0: I was laying it on there, but I, you know, I just got going. What can I do?
1: <laughs> just a little.
0: I'm sorry, I took a sip there. I got caught. Um, anyway, we wanted to know a little bit about you, Dana. But give us some uh, some background on how you got to be where you're at.
2: Oh, that is such a broad question. Um, well, in 1998, I had my son Nick and he was a surprise so we didn't know he was coming he was born with Down syndrome and that kind of led me into this movement Uh, it's hard to believe but it's almost 14 years ago and things were different back then there wasn't as much connectedness uh, nationally there wasn't as much information uh, available locally and um, so I got involved because there was just an absence of information for us as a family in knowing how to work with him and to give him the tools to kind of be the best that he could be. Now, we, um, we,
0: we, we've noted that several times, even here on this podcast, that this whole thing is kind of exciting because this field, not really a field, but whatever you want to call it, this circle of information has changed quite a bit, even in the short time that we've been involved. It's quite fluid.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yes.
0: In fact, some of that change I think we have you and people like you to thank
2: well and we have people that came before us who believed in education you know there was a time I know Sue Buckley who started her work you know thirty years ago was told that when students with Down syndrome were reading they were just barking at words and there wasn't a lot of faith that real meaningful instruction could happen so you know it's kind of funny we all stand on the shoulders of those who came before and who mostly parents who believed in the abilities of our kids and who pushed for change So. It's, so it's you great. truly
0: believe that you ain't seen nothing yet?
2: I do. I, I, I think we have so much that we can accomplish and so far to go. Um, I'm pleased with where we've progressed in a short time, but I think that if I look at what an ideal... and Now, we're focusing on education because that's what we do, but if I looked at what I would see as the ideal setting, it would look different than what it looks right like right now.
0: Okay, so the year was 1998. Yes. And like a lot of uh, uh, moms, you took it on as a challenge, and you might have took it a little further than most, but that actually drove you, to, were you in the teaching profession or the special ed- education profession at all, or what?
2: I was in the legal profession. I was a lawyer before I had my son. Is
0: that what JD stands for?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: I wasn't I ch- Believe it or not, I wasn't sure. Was uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to <laughs> take that. Yeah, I, I, I practiced law. I, I practiced law for about ten years as a litigator. So I was in court and you know working on on things that were not nearly as important, but were also very fun um representing clients and when I started getting involved in the down center work I found that a lot of those skills that I had honed in the legal profession were transferable so that sounds kinda of crazy but when I was doing let's say work before a jury you had to investigate all the facts and you had to look up what the law was and you kind of applied the facts to the law and tried to you know teach the jury why your position was the correct one and with Nick I just I didn't know what was out there in terms of what research was showing about learning. I was working with him, and so I was gathering facts about his strengths. and We you also have to just not just be, started putting them together.
0: You have to be objective and not uh, uh, you know discover for yourself instead of presuming just from what people tell you.
2: Well, yeah, because I think depending on who you speak to, you might get very low expectations.
0: Exactly,
1: that yeah. is very true. And I can't. I can't even imagine. I mean, I guess 1998 is not pre-internet, but I, it's it's definitely early internet. And I can't even imagine raising a, a child with Down syndrome before the internet and just being exposed to the local resources, or really having to dig and call and.
0: You're right. I, uh, I hadn't thought of that, research. Jason. It's a lot about communication and banding yeah. together.
2: Yeah. Yes, I agree. It, it was different.
0: Okay, so um, your son, what's what's his name, Dana? Oh, Nick. Nick, and Nick must be, 1990, must be be 14 or close to it now.
2: In November, he'll be 14. Wow,
0: and uh, do you have other children as well?
2: I do, I have two others that are older than him, both in high school.
0: Ah, okay, so back to school is big for you too.
2: Yes, yes.
0: And uh, so then how, um, uh, I guess the uh, Down Syndrome Foundation came before the learning program?
2: It did, it did. We formed the foundation in 2001 and really it was a vehicle to raise money for the local Down syndrome group because it, it was you know a group that was operating on about a $15,000 a year budget and, and didn't have an office and didn't have a, a place to disseminate information. And so originally it, it wasn't its intent to actually develop programs. It was intended to be a financial vehicle to enable that group to do, do its programming. But the way things work out you know often is different than what it is planned and so we ended up doing programming ourselves as well
0: so yeah so you're kind of an example of what one of our you know local down syndrome organizations can do if it truly gets truly gets rocking
2: Oh yeah. Well, and it's yes. It's it's easy to make change. It seems like there aren't a lot of people fighting <laughs> to jump in and support other families. I mean, there are groups, but I mean, if you if you have a plan, it seems like there are people who are receptive in most most of the groups we talk to because we work with quite a few groups across the nation, you know, when they get started in this educational arena, it's very well received. So, it's been it's been fun to develop it out a little bit nationally.
0: Yeah.
1: Been so how did, how did you go from raising money to, to you know, developing a learning program?
2: Um, the short story, so <laughs> I don't bore you, um, the, the first program I developed was kind of a new parent program. It was called the Parent Education Program, and it, it provided a binder of you know, Down syndrome-specific information for families. There was a seminar, a research um, center and home or hospital visits and so that was the first program that we rolled out and that started getting you know ground and then we formed a parent group and what basically happened is the parent group grew and grew until at one point I had classroom seating in my living room and I just realized that the demand must be so great because people were coming from a fairly good distance to just have a parent support group. So, I think of the learning program as a cognitive parent support group uh, in, its, in its day-to-day. So, we're working with teachers, we're working with researchers, but the way we contact with and connect with parents, I think of it much like that early, you know, parent group where there's you know, a feeling of connectedness and shared challenge and shared joy. Um, so, it kind of grew because it outgrew my home and we needed a, a place to keep doing that work.
0: At what point did you decide that it was an uh, actual career change for you?
2: Uh, oh, gosh. That, that That is a really hard question. I loved practicing law. I kind of got out of law when my daughter was born. and She's a senior in high school. Because when she was little, I was heading towards a trial that would have pretty much elapsed her first year or eclipsed her first year of development. I mean, I would have been away for so much and I just decided that that's not the way I I wanted to parent. I support, you know, people who make choices to, you know, be a lawyer and parent. It just, for me personally, I wanted to be there. Um, So I was kind of having a, I don't know, I was was mommy time uh, when Nick was born. So it wasn't so much a choice as a circumstance that led me to become more active.
0: My, my, my wife is going, I'm asking for almost for personal reasons as well. My, my wife's going through some similar things where, you know, we were both engineers, and she, of course we both are engineers, and uh, uh, for the past five years or so, she's been working from home, you know, doing some remote work that's been part-time, and the amount of hours has been dwindling, and she's been considering something, something different, uh, and I'm not sure if she's got the same vision that you have, but I'm waiting to see what she comes up with. I'm sure it'll be exciting.
2: Yes, yeah. It's um, it's it's hard to let go of those old, you know, the old job or probably the self-esteem you get from doing the work that you, you know, trained to do. But it's very exciting to try new things and, and you know, get up to speed on a new area and try and see where you can take it as well. So I, I wish her luck.
0: As do I, as do I. Okay, so then uh, uh, well the foundation went to the point where it was actually developing programs, and uh, the learning program was something that kind of you had in your head for a while and then finally finally gave it a name, or how, how did that come about?
2: Well, it, it, <laughs> I, mean, I know we were going to talk about this, but, but it's it's kind of hard when you just sit down and, and think it out to sound articulate at all about it, because some of it is just crazy circumstance, but we had the parent group kind of exploding in our home. I had already seen, when my son was about two, I had seen Sue Buckley speak, and I had just been completely, um, I guess, amazed by the work that Down syndrome Education International, which at that point had a different name, but now it's Down syndrome Education International. The work that they were doing um, was amazing to me, and I was so shocked that that work wasn't more accessible in the US and so we were starting to have some discussions with her and at the and at same, the same time, time I'm I'm getting feedback all of a sudden uh oh maybe well, it won't happen only last
0: a second not sure what happened there
2: okay anyway at the same time um I lost my train of thought okay so I was, I was the research from England we had the parent group that was growing. I was working with my child. I was doing like neurodevelopmental program which gave you like day-to-day things to do which I was finding helpful. And I was working with a local tutor who relied a lot on Patricia Olwen's methods. And I think it was um, all those things coming together with this need I was seeing on parents' behalf to understand how to work with their children that blossomed into the program
0: why don't you um tell us a little bit now? I got to see some of this in person, Jason, did you watch any of these over the um simulcast or whatever it was called? um
1: not yet not yet no, we watched a few, but I don't think any of any of Dana's I'm not sure if, if there were any even
0: recorded
2: yeah i don't I don't think we were part of that project
0: ah you weren't cut out and i should mean, have I should have videotaped the whole thing on my phone for you buddy sorry
1: oh that's all right yeah we we <laughs> don't worry, we plan to attend in person, uh, you know, from San Diego uh, at some point in the next couple years, I think three, age three, is that right, Dana?
2: Oh, you mean from the program? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yes, definitely. I mean, in certain years, we have babies, too. It just depends on what the family demand is. I mean, I think the thing I like about the program is because we're developing it we can be flexible to meet the needs of the family. So right now the pre-K program starts at about three.
0: Yeah, J- Jason's yeah. son a little bit younger. How old is Dex, Jason?
1: Uh, 18 months. 18 months.
0: He's probably old. He'll probably already be reading. He'll be <laughs> he'll go straight <laughs> well, in there to... Are
2: thi- there are things you can do in 18 months. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so do you want to describe the program itself a little bit? or Because uh, I, I have I have my views on uh, what I'm doing and all that kind of stuff. But, but uh, I would like to hear your your end.
2: Well, you mean, okay, do well, you mean part, there are different describe parts of it, right. what happens in Orange County on a program day, or do you oh. mean more on the academic side, how we work with kids? Because it's, it's, I mean, l- let me start, uh, let me s- describe what happens Sure, I'm just in making up County. questions
0: to keep us talking, I, I, you know. Oh, <laughs> well,
2: I, could, I could talk and talk, I'm just trying not to be a microphone. Well, no, no, go ahead, um, that's what you're here for. Yeah. I guess that's true, right? Um, for, the pro- for the families enrolled in the program, what happens is once a month they come to our learning center and for the majority of classes, so we, let's say we have pre-K through what we call the grad group, uh, the, most of the students come with their parents and the children go into the children's classroom and the parents come in and talk to me. And in the children's classroom, we've got our credential teachers, a speech therapist, and an occupational therapist, and it's run much like school center time. So they have a welcome time, they go from center to center, and we do math, you know, language arts, occupational therapy, and speech therapy. With the parents, we have whatever the topic is of the month and we work through examples, you know, what the research might show on that topic, examples of what to do with respect to, let's say, it was like at the conference time, teaching time to your child. And then we send them home with materials to work on throughout the month. So that's kind of what the program looks like. In Orange County, we're the pilot of it. And so then we have our partners nationally. And what we do is in the beginning of the month, we train the partners on whatever the presentations are going to be and then they each have their own learning programs running so we have nine partners and they all launch the same topic you know usually the same month as we do and distribute the same thing so I kinda of feel a little bit like we're the, we're the parent right now but as the groups become more sophisticated then we can really do a, a sharing of ideas and improve the program because we've got so many professionals working across the nation on you know best practices for a number of topics so it's it's exciting and it's a better use of our resources than just focusing on Orange County you know to be able to share
0: so, so, so the, the, these other centers are all across the United States or they're all in California
2: oh no we have partners in Boston in Northern Virginia oh. Kansas City just started we have uh, Florida Texas uh, Los Angeles Sacramento I mean so we we just talked to different you know different groups are interested in delivering the program. Actually, I, I owe a debt to NDSC because they used to run a program where they would say kind of come in affiliates and tell us what programs are working. So it was probably I want to say 2006 or seven where they had me speak during a lunch a, a, a lunch recess from this program about the learning program, and I said we're doing something kind of neat in Orange County. I don't know if we can share it, but if you're interested in sharing, then come talk to us. And I showed them what we were doing. And so pretty soon after that, a group in St. Louis and a group in Florida came alongside, and we started working on how to share not only the resources but the instructional piece because that's the part that makes such a difference, you know, you can use so many different tools but if you don't understand how to implement them it's not as useful so um, i think of chopsticks you can have a pair of chopsticks but if you're not proficient in using the chopsticks it's going to be kinda hard to eat So the instructional piece was the part that i thought was going to be more difficult to share because you have to have like-minded people who are capable of teaching you know something you put together so I, I think we've got it down pretty well kansas city just started And they said they had a great first session and they're, you know, the newest group. So I think we're getting better at sharing. Um, But, yes, not just in California. And we we open it up to anyone who wants to talk to us. So we have big groups like, um, you know, like the Kansas City group. DSG is is a really big, solid group. And then we have a smaller group who I'm not discounting because they're doing a wonderful job, but they weren't as they weren't a group that had been around as long or had the financial wherewithal but we thought okay we think you're you're competent to deliver the program and so now they're serving I don't know it's probably twenty or thirty families in their area where they didn't have you know direct educational service so it's been very very interesting to watch the sharing mechanism and of course technology being what it is, it gets easier and easier because I have drop boxes set up for all the partners and I can put presentations and videos and documents in those drop boxes according to, you know, what level they're teaching and then they can go ahead and, you know, roll that out to their families.
0: That's fantastic. I, I yeah, that's... and I listened to these things at the conference and I, I didn't get all that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, how, well, how do you… I can talk about that part. <laughs>
1: So do you have, um, obviously, people who, who collaborate with you on, on developing the program? And, and how do you do you evaluate the program?
2: Well, okay, those, okay, two different questions. So one is on development. Yes, we do. We have an advisory board. We work with um, Down Syndrome Education International, um, so Sue Buckley, Frank Buckley, and the researchers who are there, they're part of our advisory board, and I think the The most significant in terms of guiding the work that we do. Uh, we also work with the University of California at Irvine with their Department of Education and they were very instrumental during the first year or two where we were figuring out what we were going to be teaching. Um, and then we have another group of teachers and therapists who I would say are on our kind of hands-on on the advisory board for development and, and that lets us know we're not doing things that are wrong if you you will um in so that was the first question was was the development the evaluation part that's a harder piece because if you think about it um there are so many different factors going into the education of a of a child so we can take a child whose parents are working with them daily who have access to the best instruction and best resources um, and that's all they're doing but that's not usually the case because usually then they're getting therapy and they're you know having them out included in their community and there's so many different pieces that go into how that child develops that doing a straight evaluation is hard. What we, try, what we want to try and do is do kind of the, you know, the double blind scientific study where you teach and then you teach half the students one subject, you teach the others another and you switch, but that's incredibly expensive and so far we haven't been able to procure f- funding to do that. Um, that said, I don't know if you've heard about it, but kind of exciting research has come out of Down Syndrome Education International, and I won't do it justice. But there was a reading intervention, a reading and language intervention that was done where they did do the proper si- take the proper scientific measures, and they found you know using this intervention uh, yielded statistically significant improvements in the reading and language on a number of different you know aspects that were tested. So there's going to be a handbook that comes out of that work. And, you know, the same strategies and the same instruction that was used there is, is what we've been following. So um, in terms of hardcore scientific evaluation, that's harder. We're trying to write grants to get that kind of um, research done. But what we do have is we've got an awful lot of um, case study information. So we have families whose, whose kids are just reading like fiends and are doing program versus just the families that you meet that maybe haven't been exposed. I mean that kind of resource or even when we were at the conference there was a woman sitting in the back when we did the pre-con day and her daughter was a little older and while she was sitting there she didn't, I think, if I got it correctly I mean, she stood up, and it was like we all wanted to cry, but during the course of that four hours, her daughter started reading the book that she had gotten, um, and she didn't think her daughter could read, so she was going to go home and download everything and start. So, it's not, I I think if you talk evaluation, you have to be careful, because what we can do is we can look at, you know, what we know about how children with Down syndrome read and look at their cognitive profile, which is something in the last, you know, 15 years, down Syndrome Education International and other researchers that work have come to think, okay, there are certain learning strengths and learning challenges for children with Down Syndrome. And you can compare that to how what research might show about how a typical student learns. And when you combine them, then you can make predictions on what's going to be more effective. And then you can see how it works. Um, so in that way, we feel like there's evidence to support it. You know, the practices, but in not every instance is there going to be research that's specific on that topic.
0: Uh, I was going to mention research, and there's been all this discussion about potential, you know, pharmaceuticals that could possibly increase cognition, and they have the same problem. In order to do any sort of clinical study to prove that, you know, some sort of medication has an impact, they need to have something, you know, numerical to show... Uh, 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 to, like you said, a blind, a double-blind study to determine, you know, what, what impact they have versus a placebo. So is are, are you tied together with them as far as trying to measure cognition?
2: Well, I- I'll tell you what, um You are kind of asking me to tap dance across a <laughs> minefield here.
0: <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Two,
2: well, and I'm not that articulate on it, so I'm, I'm going to try and do a tap dance, and hopefully at the other end I'll still be dancing. But... Um, what, what we're talking about is developmental research. So we're talking about learning interventions that are delivered either at home, things you do with your kids at home, or things I'm going to start talking like, you know, research speak. I'm going to break it down and talk to like normal people. But things you do at school, things you do at home and what we do is we say, well, why don't you try doing this at home? Why don't you try doing this at school? And what we found is over the last 20 years, those developmental interventions have made a huge difference in cognition. Kids are doing better than they've ever done before because of these interventions that have already been done. So figuring out, you know, let's say that the sight word reading versus phonics is a better way to start or breaking things into smaller pieces and doing it with more structure and more repetition that's the developmental research is what we're focused on and that's what Down Syndrome Education International and now Down Syndrome Education USA is focused on that kind of research the other side the medical research is a completely different arena because you're talking about ingesting something which may or may not improve cognition. And there's,
0: there's, there's no change in the we teaching don't know the technique. Amount. Right. Yeah, <clears throat> we
2: don't know. Let, let's say it does bump it up a, a, an IQ point or, or two. Does that make any difference in function? So it's, they're, they're completely diverse worlds, um, but people all the time get confused over them. And so it's, it's a little bit hard because I, I think that they have a larger platform. Because it seems, I mean, I had one mom, and this is, and, and I'm getting off the minefield in a second. But uh, <laughs> one mom well. said, great news, in 2016, there's going to be a pill. I talked to this researcher, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, are you waiting to work with your child until 2016? Because you think there's going to be a pill that makes them smarter? Please <laughs> don't tell me <laughs> right. that. Please case. don't
0: tell, please, we are, make sure our listeners understand that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> right.
2: and And what I think is that. That research, that medical research, I think it's hugely important. It's hugely important to understand how the DNA works and how the genetic material impacts cognition. It's just frightfully important. But I think but what it's, happens it's, it's is... Not, it's not going to
0: change the developmental work. It could possibly only I, amplify its 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 benefit.
2: Yeah. And I was just having a conference call today with the UK with um, Frank Buckley about, about, you know, how do you let people know how important this developmental research is because because we think we're doing such great work and no one seems to notice no one seems to notice it's so hard to get grant funding it's so hard to, to get we, we want to do this research in the US and it's so hard to get people to say oh you mean that had statistically significant differences in England let's try it here so luckily there is a, a small group in Texas that raised money and we're, we just started a trial in Texas of 13 students in a public school to, just to figure out how to um, adjust that you know, RLI. Um, let's say the curriculum to work in U.S. schools because the the um, materials that might be used in the U.K. are different, and the school system slightly different. So we're we're at least getting our feet wet. But I just I think we need megaphones. We need to be out there shouting a little bit more loudly. Right. Don't about wait for the pill. important?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the only thing I was bringing up is that in both cases you have, a, you're, 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 in, in order to convince people, you need to measure something that's very difficult to measure. And it's not even exactly the same thing.
2: True, true. Yeah. And people have to understand that it's different, you know, and, and that both are important, you know, because the developmental stuff can help you now. And, and who knows the medical stuff, I mean, that could be great. And and it's in you know, it's important and a lot of the stuff that's happened medically has made a big difference. I don't know what this you know, I don't know, research on sleep apnea or other heart, heart issues or things that we have extended lives because there's, you know, focus on that. So I don't at all think any is better than the other. I just think they both should be up there and people should be supporting both so that we can so we can support our kids into the, you know, adult lives with the the Best. Like I. I don't like when people say reach full potential because I think so few of us actually reach our full potential. But give them the tools to be the best that they're going to be. And um,
0: I. I like to think that all of our listeners and, and the number is so small I might even know them all. Uh, <laughs> that all all of them are willing to do everything they can. You know, in all of the different arenas to do to do the best they can for their kids.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So it's
0: not. Hopefully, it's not an either or. It's definitely, a, it's definitely an everything thing. Uh, I think the developmental stuff is is possibly more important because, you know, with all children, if they don't put forth any effort, they're not going to learn anything, you know, so they all need a curriculum and a program, and the better it is, the better they're going to do, and the better it's tailored to their strengths, so that part's not going to change no matter what, you know, well, that's, if you like Q points, it'll just true, speed right? them along the path.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, but I am excited about the other stuff, too.
2: <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm, I, I like I said, I'm, I'm excited about it all. It's there. I, I like to say there's never been a better time to have a child with Down syndrome. Even though, uh, from a, from a perspective of the genetic piece and you know figuring out when you're pregnant and the whole abortion issue, which we're not even going near. We've already been on one sensitive topic, but you know, it's it, there's never been more resources available. There's never been you know more schools that are at least entertaining this idea of educating together and I just think with the internet and you know even with what you are doing with a, a focus towards dads I think that's amazing I was so excited when I found out you know what you were doing cuz when my son was born there was the I think the dads group was was a neat thing that was starting but it wasn't quite the same as what you're doing I know I don't quite know the differences but I I love the dad focused cuz dads are such a big part
0: you know this 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 does fit well because it has been kind of a theme for us, and that uh, um, you know kind of one of w- one of our themes is it's really not that big a deal, and that you know the hardest part of the whole thing is getting the diagnosis and and kind of getting with the program, and and Jason and I had talked about what we hoped would be that a new father or a new mother who had just found out about their diagnosis would be spinning around trying to wonder what to do and might listen to this and that we might be able to put them at ease. And segue, we got a great comment on <laughs> nice, our... Uh, uh, <laughs> Go ahead, Jason. Read the comment that we got on our website.
1: Well, th- this, this, thinking about it, this may have been my moment of the week, so oh, I, okay. I, I don't want to, you know... Have nothing later, but I. Oh, um, sorry, man. It's definitely yeah. It definitely was was made we- my moment actually. I think it was uh, last week after after we recorded the the app episode. I went to do the write up and post the post the pictures and all that stuff on the website. And I usually just check the comments and and up until now we've done um ten, we had done ten episodes and had not received a single comment on the website so. It was uh, always a lot of spam and, and a little bit uh, frustrating, but um, like la- uh, the p- comment was posted on September 3rd, so and uh, our friend Andy from the UK left a, a, a super awesome comment, and here it goes. It says, hello, downright awesome dads. Just a quick note to say how useful and encouraging I'm finding the podcast. I'm an avid listener from the UK and soon-to-be dad. My wife and I found out a few weeks ago that our baby, due 15th October, will be born with Down syndrome. The timing of you starting the podcast and me finding it couldn't have been better. The information, encouragement, stories, and interesting guest speakers have been a great support to me. Keep up the great work, and thank you, Andy. So, that was pretty much. Dude, I hate to blow your moment, but that
0: was just fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah.
2: That is wonderful.
0: So anyway, yes, I, I, and I like the way you put it. Uh, what did you say? There was never a better time to have a child with Down syndrome? I love it. I love <laughs> I it. I just
2: mean the resources. There are so many resources out there. And how many great people have you met because you're now in this club, right? Sure. Yeah, I for, mean, for, it just the neatest people. Um,
0: my, my, my wife had a phrase like that, and I don't know where she got it. She said it was the Cadillac of Cognitive Disabilities.
2: <laughs> Oh, interesting! I used to say the grass is always browner, but it's a kind of the same thing, you know. It's there. There are so many different disabilities and different challenges that parents face, and we see a lot of you know different students with Down syndrome come through, and I just think um, it it isn't as hard as you think it's gonna be and it there are a lot more joys and i remember martha back at a luncheon i don't know if this is going way off topic but she had said you know she talks a lot about her son and she had said that she felt lucky To have him and at the time I thought are you insane you know I was accepting and I love my child but at that time there was nothing I didn't feel lucky and it was a couple years ago maybe three four years ago when all of a sudden I woke up one morning and I thought man I'm lucky you know I just thought of all the texture that he added to our life and the the impact I mean we've had an impact on him but the impact he's had on us and uh, others on my children and their interests in life and their acceptance of people with diversity I think You know, I I think we would have had a much poorer life if he wasn't in it. And it's not that it's without challenge. It's just the challenges aren't outweighed by all the joy. And when that study came out talking about the, what was it, the happiness level of families who had children with Down syndrome, I thought that's just the greatest, greatest study ever. People content with their families. Um,
0: But, you know, as as parents, I think the thing that we want to help our children most with is cognitive uh, ability. We want them to be able to live on their own after we pass on, and and be independent and whatnot. I don't know about everybody, but that's how I feel. Uh, and 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 your work heads straight towards that, so that's that's what's so cool.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, and that 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 is. I mean, we want to grow. I, you say when you pass on, I'm just thinking I want them to be independent when they get old enough to live on their own. I'm not thinking about my what? own, you know, demise. You got, you
0: got four more years. You can kick them out, Dana. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Um, but I I think the point of of the program and of so much work that's being done developmentally is that we can grow kids that have a new level of um, independence in their life and have choices that they might not have had because they're equipped. And I'm not saying we don't expect that there'll be areas in which support is needed, but I think this new, I don't want to say crop of kids, but this new group of students that we're seeing, I mean, they're just amazing and they're just busting stereotypes and really showing that there is, there's capability there. And it's very exciting to watch as it kind of rolls across the nation, you know, as these legions of kids get older and watching what they do with their lives, it's just, it's fun. And the work pays off. So parents who get involved early, it's you know, it's not that progress is all all the time so speedy. But if you start working with your child early, then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you know, they're learning body parts and and body systems, and you know, doing amazing things. And you're thinking, wow, that's you know, you're you're doing amazing things. I am not sure I thought you would do this, you know, things that are this amazing.
0: Right. What else um, you got in there to surprise me with next week?
2: Wow. Exactly. <laughs> well, it sounds like your kids are surprising you all the time.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, they do. Uh, here's, I'm going to play one. I, I recorded this on my, uh, on my iPod. My older son, I have older children like you, and they're wonderful with my, with my son Luke, and uh, they teach him things that are somewhat completely useless <laughs> which usually crack <laughs> me up. And here's one of them. Hang on, I'm not sure this is going to come through the speaker really well. Hang on. Uh-oh, I'm not doing it right.
1: Shoot. Oh, man, that technology.
0: Yeah, I'm the old man, right? <laughs> All right it's only four seconds. I'm going to try to play that again so you can get that. Oh, what's pi? <laughs> We're engineers in my house, so we take our math seriously. So my <laughs> older son decided that my four-year-old needed to know as many digits of pi as possible.
2: Okay, that's really funny. You really, <laughs> you
0: really never know uh, uh-huh. what they're going to come up with around here. Uh, but, yes, that's... You know, I'm, I'm with you. They, they surprise me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So what what else would you like to cover, Dana, as far as that's the learning program, right? But the stuff that, that you now, I was more interested because I guess I'm not near one of your centers in the kind of things that you presented at the conference, which were, you know, the materials that were available on your website and the way to teach uh, reading. That was the one I liked the best. and And my son has been going through the pets book. And, and reading, you know, this is a... And, and actually putting that together pretty well with this little pencil pointer. Actually, we use a Chinese chopstick, just like you mentioned before. How, tell me more about that.
2: Well, is that part in of the terms learning program? of methodology or in terms of how to connect, I mean, if, if you are interested in, in, let's say, doing the type of literacy support that we're doing in the learning program, um... There are several ways to connect with us, but the materials are all available for free on our website, and you you register so we know who you are. I mean, I can tell you, I looked today, and there are seven thousand seven hundred and fifty-two people worldwide who are registered to use the materials, and then it, it tells me what country and whether you're a parent, a teacher, or other, and then people type in. Um, so if you if you want to do that, there's also an instructional handout which walks you through it. Um, and what it is, you can also get that information on the how-to from um, getting onto the DSE, Down Syndrome Education International website and there's all kinds of resources on the how-to or really reading Patricia Olwine's book, How to Teach Reading to Children with Down Syndrome. They're all fantastic resources that you can get to know how. So the, so the instruction you can get through the website, there's a handout, or these other places, and then the materials the reason they're valuable is because then you don't have to go to the work of putting together your own matching boards or your oh, own yeah, flashcards. But yeah. you could do this match select name technique using any book that's a favorite book and just taking a piece of cardstock and you know, drawing either four or six boxes and handwriting the words that you want to teach, or you know, taking pictures from a book or from the community and doing personalized materials so um, it, what we're trying to do is make it easy because i think it's what what the hard part of for families is getting things in their hands so that they understand that it's going to be effective and then there's motivation and i remember Early on, when I was listening to Sue Buckley talk at a seminar, she was saying, You know, not all kids are going to reach the same level of reading proficiency. And she was referring to videos showing kids at different ages that were reading. She said, But if we don't show people this, then they're not going to have the motivation to go home and try. And, you know, a, a large percentage of children with Down syndrome go on to read at, you know, fairly self sufficient levels. I don't want to overgeneralize, but you know we've got kids going through the program who are reading at you know fifth and sixth grade levels I mean not unheard of levels for understanding comprehension oftentimes lags lags behind well, actually almost always at a certain point lags behind the sight word re, words that they're able to read but you know the way we do it is we start with just the pictures and you're matching pictures to pictures and kind of creating the vocabulary knowledge and then you start looking at the words and you're basically taking a a snapshot of words and you're matching them to the same word. And then you start selecting a word from a group of words and then doing the traditional flashing. And we accompany that with a book so it doesn't seem so dry. So you read the book, you do some activities. If you're doing the pet book, then you probably go to the pet store and you go look at the dogs and you look at look at here's the word dog and you you know help generalize it we call it off the page but you take those words off the page and just taking a little extra time to focus really seems to you know have a good result with an awful lot of kids and it's not that that no one with Down syndrome can learn from a a phonics based approach it's just based on what we know and this this visual learning strength um, the sight word approach is often a more effective way. Um, I don't know if that exactly answered the reading question, but it's broad. But there's a lot of ways to connect with us. And hopefully, we wrote a grant to do online learning program, which would un- enable people just to log in from their computers and basically attend the conference. Right. You know, it would be the kind of sessions we did. And it would just be from the office, You know, probably a WebEx, where we'd talk about that. And then they could just download the materials, which would be a great uh, way to spread information.
0: Okay, so uh, um, I, I, I understand that, so the, the, the material is the, pretty much the same material that you're developing for your learning program. Is it divided into categories like modules or is it like math and then reading and different categories?
2: Um, well, on the website there is a math section and a literacy section, so yes, and then there's also we use different levels for different ages oh, for if different that makes ages, sense. Right. So. We, we work through, like we use the See and Learn Reading and Language, which is um, a program based on first spoken word for our pre-K students. We also use our level one materials like the Pets book, you know, at, starting at about age four, you know, for a, I don't know, one, two, three-year-old, you could introduce them to the pictures of See and Learn, and that would be appropriate. And then as they get older, we kind of transition into something that looks more like what you see at school. And then at level two. Two, which is seven to you know, five to seven, eight years old, we go into these lakeshore early emergent readers, and then we go into A to Z readers, which are just commonly used in classrooms. So, we don't want parents to feel like they need special materials to teach their kids. Their kids will be reading just general books eventually. But what we're trying to do with the, with the materials we have is, is focus on you know, fewer words, uh, s- simple pictures, a bigger font. And this match, select, name method in the beginning, and then when they're older, you're not doing this. I don't. It's cumbersome. You're not focused so much on six words of a book and matching, selecting, naming because they start to learn more naturally uh, just through practice. Like I haven't done with my son, who's you know 13. I haven't done match, select, name in five years with him. We, you know, but he's always learning. But he's doing it, you know, more typically now broken down, but we don't do it in such small, so such baby steps, I'd guess, because he kind of gets it now. He can read phonically, um, but it really helps in the beginning to start simple and then transition into regular school materials.
0: Do you uh, bring him in sometimes so that he can teach the younger the younger children?
2: Um, do I bring him in? No. You know what?
0: <laughs> because he could be like, you know, like, I've been through the program, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah. he um. He's funny. He has had a lot of his life with the learning program impacting it. And he would see a toy in the hallway. He'd be like, That's not going to the learning program, is it? You know, I just, <laughs> he would just bring things that we thought he had outgrown in. So he comes in, he participates in, in programs that we have, like our teen time. Um, but in terms of the classroom, he's not. Oh, he, he would come in, actually, he w- went into the baby class, and he would, you know, sit with the babies and do, you know, we did singing and things like that. But in terms of actually being a, a peer tutor type, he's not at that stage now, or the program's not at the stage where that would be something. But as he got older, I could see, I could see things like that.
0: Um, I, I, I can picture that being good on, you know, on his end and, and for the kids themselves as well. Oh, you
2: know. yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Okay, so far, buddy... Parents, if, too if if our buddy Andy from the UK he would go if he wanted to be involved cuz he's listening probably hey Andy how you doing uh he would go to df D, dsfoc.org right and mm-hmm. he can he could just go to sign in and access the free learning materials he could check and see if there is a a, a learning program partner near him probably not since he's in the UK but you never know maybe next year right uh <laughs> and then he he has all of the materials necessary to uh, um to work from, a, I guess his, his baby's not even born yet, so Andy, you got, you got some time?
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, see, now for him, I'd recommend that he look at the uh, Down Syndrome Education International Guides. They're called Down Syndrome Issues and Information and they have guides specific for zero to five-year-olds on speech and reading and just kind of the primers to to cognition. I mean, there's all kinds of other guides on raising your child, but these are more educationally focused. And I just think it's important early on to just plug into what's happening at DSEI because I, I and I don't think we'd get a lot of, um, I guess, people disagreeing with me if I said that that group is really um, world-renowned leaders in this developmental research field. So um, I would definitely get on their mailing list, see what they're doing. Um, it's, it's been a big difference when Sue Buckley goes to conferences it's like she's a celebrity people want to come up and talk to her she, she has just been she's been a huge she has been the impact in my mind on this whole developmental piece I mean without her I really don't think we'd be doing what we're doing in the learning program at all and when we use those guides to inform all, almost all of our teaching practices and all of our partners you know look at these guides and they're great for teachers so i'm not giving a plug for the guides i'm just saying as a parent when my son was 2 and i heard her speak in san diego i thought oh my gosh you know this is amazing it's not too late i'm jumping on that bandwagon and i'm going to start you know learning more and she's just an idol to me i just think she's amazing so this
0: this is a uh, association and a website that's not on my uh, favorites list
2: I don't think get on it because there's uh, there's just always good information coming out and um Andy would really want to know about it because it is in the UK.
0: I'm reading that, yeah. I oh, know. here we are focused on Andy, <laughs> our, one, our one listener. <laughs> we're sure we sure it's out there. Uh hope we're having fun with that. Uh, uh, hey, Andy the Buffy. other thing we wanted to ask you, Dana, was we had our Aptastic episode last time and we we're wondering if you had any particularly favorite uh um iPhone or, or uh um um, apps for kids. Well,
2: yes, but I, I saw that. Okay, so my problem is I have lots of favorites, but it depends on the topic and the age. You know, if you're talking about an older student versus a younger, I mean, there's so many. So I can send to you a list of things that we like, but let, a stab in the dark, we like Jungle Time and Jungle Coins for teaching time and money. That's or right. I remember ma- that. Yeah, yeah, Math Magic. Is good for like early edition, but I just think that there are so many amazing apps for every topic. I mean, if you're looking at you know things you're reading or you're you're looking at making patterns, whatever the exact concept is, likely to be an app on that. So it's hard to just say what because it's the, it changes weekly. I yeah, think.
1: Do, do you have it posted online anywhere that we no, can link to?
2: Yes, we don't yet. We're redeveloping our website, working with a UCI right now. The university's helping us redesign it. So then we're going to have content that can change all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't. We do kind of an, we do an app of the month when we work with the program. Like we highlight different apps with parents. Um, but, again, it's so specific to age, it's hard to say we like one. We just I mean, suggest you're, you're people right, we go can, on to iTunes you, and type in the exact topic, and usually you get so many nice choices, and you can see the screenshots. And
0: right, we, and, and we recommended reading the reviews or, or getting a recommendation from somebody as well, because there, there are a lot out there that are junk, to be honest.
2: Yes. I think we focused crazy.
0: on uh, preschool when we were talking, but so these two fit perfectly yeah. with that. The Jungle pair. yeah. And when you well, and like when
2: you re- oh, pardon me, sorry. Uh, no, it's no, <laughs>
0: sorry. I was going to do a shameless plug. Anyway, was going to say when you redo your website, you know, make sure to list the uh, podcast as a category.
2: Oh, that's a great idea. We will <laughs> definitely will.
0: <laughs> I'm totally shameless. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Now, what were you going to say?
2: Oh, I, 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 I don't remember. I'm sorry, <laughs> I cut you off. No, it's okay. I would I was definitely like to take a, a look at
1: the at the app list for
2: sure. Okay. We can send it out. Oh, I know what I was going to say. I was going to say there's a new app for handwriting without tears, and we use that for fine motor all the time, and I think you have to have an iPad 2 or higher, Um, but our teacher, that was one of our teacher's requests this month, was that's the, it's a great app, and it would be wonderful for kids who were doing kind of pre-handwriting, handwriting handwriting activities.
0: Oh, that's a good one. Dex is totally ready for that, buddy. (laughs) Actually, that might be an Eloise one.
1: Dex is loving the, like, baby fingers and things like that. the couple that you guys suggested last week. Right. Uh,
0: <laughs> Fluidity downloaded. and, yeah, the one with the fireworks. Yeah. Yeah. I think, there, like you said, there are tools. There are so many tools today that it's just it's so much easier. I don't know how you did it 14 years ago.
2: Well, like I said, I mean, it wasn't that we had to recreate the wheel because we had researchers out there who were already working. What I was amazed at is how that research wasn't being put into practice yet, you know. And so I think the, really the, the biggest service we provided was taking what was already there and making it accessible. Right. You know, we, we didn't do our own research. We relied on what was out there and said, okay, well, so what do we do to help families access this. And one of the things was, you know, make it accessible, talk about doing things daily, which was the neurodevelopmental slant. And then there was a local tutor who was working with a lot of families in an effective way. And, you know, we learned a lot from her and then from, you know, Sue Buckley and Patricia Oline, And we took these other ideas and just made it accessible, which was really the power of of technology now and even what you guys are doing is amazing because you are yet there's another avenue for people to gain this information in a, in a non-threatening way they can kind of listen to you you're charismatic and fun and they get to hear from different speakers and it's just I'm excited to watch and see where you go with this and how it develops
0: being being clueless is part of our charm <laughs> <laughs> you know we don't want other dads to feel daunted at all but yeah, now you can learn about Down syndrome while you're going for a jog, or you're at the gym, or you're driving your car, or whatever. You know, uh, just another, just another avenue out there.
2: Exactly. Oh, funny.
0: Uh, hey, we don't have a. Uh, uh, oh, sorry, Jason. Did you have any more questions for Dana?
1: Um, no, I don't think so. But, but um, no, no, I don't.
0: You got anything else you want to cover, Dana? I was going to move on to the story, uh, amazing story of the week stuff.
2: Oh,
0: I want to hear your amazing story. Well, I yeah, and the and the, and the bad news is I don't have one.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> what I was going to do, and it's it's not it's not Rick's fault; it's my fault because uh, we just, we didn't we didn't communicate well there. Uh, he normally sends us one in audio, or sometimes he's available on Skype, which I'll check one more time, and he pops on and reads one for us. Uh, we'll just plug his website, which is Down Syndrome Daily. And it's not exactly daily, but he does have one for today. He seems to have pretty much—I don't know—four out of five days. He's always got something. Uh, he does. Any, pay- any
1: news on the on the baby situation? There? Yeah, you
0: know that might be pretty what tight, happened. Huh? His uh, his wife is uh, is due any moment, uh, so we're waiting for the news on that. I just was going to read a couple of the headlines. You know, the first one is about creativity breaking down barriers uh about this young i say young gentleman this 30 year old gentleman which is still young to me uh peter Rowe, who obviously is uh embracing his uh inner artist uh and there was another one about a girl with down syndrome accused of Koran burning uh which you know like any there's this one and there's one more about uh any isd to pilot uh, down syndrome reading program this is more more like what we're doing here um Anyway, those are all available at down center daily and you can read more about those there. And we hope that Rick is doing well and that uh if he's a dad, I hope everything came out okay. He's already a dad. <laughs> if he's a dad again, I hope everything came out okay. All right, so that means that means uh moments of the week that's where we're at. And uh Jason, I already stole yours. Not stole it, but yeah. I, I forced it out of you.
1: Yeah, I'm trying. I'm struggling to come up with another one, but um
0: I will be honest though it, that was a good idea cuz that one it really it really did touch me you know I'm not I'm not just joking you know
1: Yeah I tell you it, it was it was great um, I I don't I, I can't top it I don't think I don't know Dexman is loving the hugs so that's about it we're hugging all the time now He just <laughs> gives himself like a little hug and then you know he he kind of signs a hug and then we just give big hugs he he, he even this was my favorite, my, one of the first things I remember, maybe not the first thing I remember about Eloise, but like when when you would come home from work and then she would see you and then come when she could start crawling, she would, you know, just barrel towards the door and, and you'd scoop them up and give them big hugs. And so Dexman just does that now all the time and it's, it's just, I like, this is I, awesome. I, I like, like the, the look on their face, you know,
0: when you, when you when you get home and their face just lights up, like, you know, you're yeah. just, they're, 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 they're so transparent in their joy. Very
1: true.
0: Mm. What do you Very say, generic, Danny? You got, but that's what I got. You got, uh, uh, you know, probably a million of them. You're probably having trouble deciding.
1: I am. We'll ha- we'll have a million next week uh, after after when Mom's gone.
0: <laughs> those will be funny. I can't wait to hear those.
1: <laughs> we'll see about that.
0: <laughs> How long? Three weeks? I don't think I've ever. No, gone no more than like a, two nights. Just one week. Just one week. Still, that's impressive. Yeah, I I have help, so. (laughs) You don't need Uh, help, man. You're a dad. Yeah.
1: That's fine. I do, do, you know, she goes for several days at a time for work stuff, but uh, a week is is the longest, and so we we called in some reinforcements for that one.
0: Okay, okay. But I know you could have done it. Probably.
1: uh, With a little bit less sanity at the end, probably, but.
0: Nobody would have died. There might have been, you know, a couple of emergency room visits, but, you know. (laughs)
1: Maybe a lot of, I oh no, no. not know, <laughs> a, a, a little bit of sleep. A lot of heavy That's, drinking now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right, all right, Dana. What do you got? You must have a hundred.
2: <laughs> no, because I was still thinking while you were talking about which moment. Because going back to school was such a big deal this year. Because it's eighth grade, and you know, kids are just different in eighth grade, and disabilities become more, I guess, visible to peers. You know, when kids are in kindergarten. They're just closer together in in their abilities, but I think if I had to pinpoint uh, something during this week that was a special moment for me is that last year, we started school and my son wasn't really excited to go. It was a new school. It's only two grades, 1,200 kids, which is just immense, and there's my little guy and um, this year, he's just, the, he's just big man on campus in, in his mind. He's just, he's dressing cool. He's getting up, getting in the shower. He's ready on time. We're to school on time, four days in a row. And it's just, he's responsible with his backpack and telling me when he has homework. And when he said there was no homework, there really wasn't. He wasn't just teasing. So I think for me, my, my excitement for eighth grade is that he's really acting like a big man. And I'm proud of him because he's just kind of stepping up, taking responsibility for himself in a way that that I look back at some of the challenges he's, you know, he's had, whether it's shyness or, you know, just not knowing exactly where to fit in. And he's just mastered it. And I think we're going to have a really good year. And I'm I'm a little bit excited about it.
0: Wow, that's super. Yeah, that's really good. Is is, is there a little part of you that's like, um, you know, you? The whole time, you wanted him to kind of take these things on himself. Now he has. Maybe, does he feel a little bit older? And maybe you're a little bit like, oh, he doesn't need me anymore.
2: Well, honestly, we went we went to the post office today. And we were standing. We were chatting. And I said to him that, I, I mean, we are walking out. And I said, Nick, I think you are so fun to be with. Because I found myself smiling. And we're having these silly conversations. And he's almost as tall as me now. And I just thought, he's turning into a really neat Funny person, I enjoy his company, and I'm thrilled for that. So I don't think I'm sad about the parts that are being left behind. I think gro- growing up is good. So great.
0: Mm. Mm. I get a little sad with my, my, my older one. He's all he's about. He's in sixth grade now, and I, I kind of feel some of that. You know, he's you now just not a little kid anymore. There won't be as many hugs. <laughs> when he's too cool, he's not quite there yet, but. Uh my moment is uh, um, Luke uh, had his first soccer game on Saturday. He plays in the Upward Soccer League, which is the it's the uh, U5, so for kids under age 5, and he just turned 4 last week. So his since his birthday since September, he's not only, you know, has his own challenges, but he's also younger than pretty much all the kids. Uh, but he got in there and he had a great time. He had been to a few practices, so he kind of knew what was going to happen. Uh, they played four on four. He was excellent at following directions. Uh, I can tell the coach was a little nervous. He wasn't sure what was going to happen, but he was—he was all over it uh, on the field when he was supposed to headed towards a goal. He's a little bit shy around the ball. You know how some kids are like to get in, and some pe- some kids are kind of like to follow around at a distance. You know, he was a little bit more of a follower around her. I don't know if that'll—if he'll get more aggressive or not going on but uh he ran up and down the length of the field back and forth he was all flushed and giggling and uh you know a lot of the kids were having those things on the sideline were like oh they wouldn't come out when they were supposed to or they wouldn't go in when they were supposed to or they're crying because they didn't get a goal or whatever but he was you know well adjusted enough not to have any of those types of problems he was just laughing and giggling and all of my worries about what soccer was going to be like went away on saturday and uh we're just going to have a great year so it was fun it was a lot of fun
2: that's great. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, well, there you go. Uh, was there something else I was going to plug? I can't remember. Uh, do you have anything that you want to uh, um, highlight to our many millions of listeners, Dana?
2: <laughs> I just think that um, your listeners should remember that although educational intervention is important, it's equally important to have all this unstructured Fun time with your kids, and I say that like of all the things I could highlight, right? Um, it's but one of we have these guiding principles, and they're kind of thoughts that we say to parents. You know, make sure that your children feel successful, teach, and don't test things like that. But one of them is balancing um, learning time with play time, and I think what happens is to some parents they they really have structured lives there's therapy and then there's the you know educational intervention and there's just so much that they forget to just have free unstructured time where kids can you know be creative and and where parents are being silly and they're not trying to create teachable moments and so i just encourage parents because once when you're in your house kind of the down syndrome fades away right it's just your kid absolutely and i think you need to remember to do silly things like play tag and paint with pudding and do all those other things and I think not, I mean, a lot of parents don't forget to do that, but we work with so many families and oftentimes they get stressed out because they're always focused on the Down syndrome and a lot of the behaviors and issues that arise in life are just kid issues. It has nothing to do with Down syndrome. So I think just as being down the road a little bit with my son being a little older than some other people, I think don't wait to enjoy your child and you guys definitely are enjoying your children but we have some families who are feeling more burdened and I think maybe they're not just appreciating their kids for who they are at that moment because you know they'll keep growing like you say it goes it goes by quickly and so I feel like in the very beginning I maybe missed some opportunities to feel joy because I was just so stunned by the diagnosis and not ready for it so just think that you're doing a good job by describing your very great experiences, but you know, parents not to make every moment about this learning piece, but you know, focus on it, but just make sure you have plenty of fun and silly time. So you, you build that relationship with your child that makes them want to do work for you.
0: I, I think that's great advice. And when I when I wrestle with my son on the bed, I pretend it's physical therapy. When <laughs> <laughs> <Case laughs> I mean, really we're just messing around. All right. Uh, Well, you are uh, dsfoc.org, is that right? Correct. All right. Uh, And we are the Downright Awesome Dads. Uh, We are available on uh, iTunes. Uh, You search for Down Syndrome Radio, and you'll find us. If you search for anything Down Syndrome, you'll find us. There's not many other podcasts, if any, I don't think, dedicated to this. Our uh, website and blog is... um, uh, (laughs) <laughs> Downright awesome. Awesome. com slash dsr and you can see Andy's comment and you can make your own <laughs> if you're listening and, you're, and you, you th- keep thinking oh I'm going to make a comment do it man it's fun uh, I, I'd like to plug my you even
1: get ready. We, we will read it on the air I that's right
0: that. you be sure so be nice <laughs> actually if you don't say anything nice then we might accidentally not read it but uh, <laughs> in fact the 20 other negative comments we just ignored those I'm just kidding. Uh, I'd also like to plug my uh, uh, my other podcast that I do with my two brothers. Uh, it is uh, um, Engineering Fatherhood. Uh, we're all nerds and engineers, as you could see by the pie thing. Uh, we like to joke about uh, uh, being fathers and being nerds and, and, and that sort of thing. That one is not uh, not quite as serious as this one. Hopefully, uh, you get a laugh out of that. It is engineeringfatherhood.wordpress.com, also available on iTunes under Engineering Fatherhood. Um, Jason, you got anything this week?
1: uh everybody plays so i think they're still going on um infantino.com check it out the the photo shoot is uh in mid-october so wow. submit your pictures
0: coming up fast man oh i can submit pictures you can oh i gotta look that up you really think i should oh i wanted to oh i wanted to brag about myself i'm, I'm being facetious but i am wearing my rock on t-shirt that i bought from one of the other previous uh stories of the week the young gentleman who designed his own T-shirts, which yeah, I love Andrew his T-shirt something. And I ordered the um, Jerome Lejeune book that uh, uh, Mark Bradford recommended, and I'm about a third of the way through. Uh, it's a little more touchy-feely than my in my normal reads, but uh, uh, I'm I'm struggling along, and I think I'm going to enjoy it. Um, and it's very there's not you know it's not it's not a long book so uh, and it was it was only like eight or nine dollars on Amazon so so yeah so we got all that going on.
1: Very cool. All very, right. Very soon, you'll be rocking a, a downright awesome shirt.
0: I hope so, man. Been, I haven't, I haven't begged or pleaded, but I have hoped.
1: Yeah, the the order has been placed, and we are uh, waiting for delivery.
0: Okay, I got to come out there to get it, though, right?
1: Uh, I don't know. Maybe we, we may <laughs> ship it to you. Maybe.
0: <laughs> you guys are on the same coast, though. It's just not fair. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, Dana, thanks again. Uh, I think uh, um, we were very excited to have you on, and I think uh, you provide awesome work. Thanks for the work you do and a great perspective on, uh, on, our, on our kids.
2: Oh, well, thanks both of you for having me. It was, it was fun chatting with you.
0: Yes, thank you very much. Um,
1: that, was, that was really great. It's supposed to Good. be
2: fun.
0: Closing song.
1: did slowly go by and
2: feed.
0: See what them I did there with my song picking? Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> the one they picked, the one you know by
1: Don't you ever ask them
2: why? If they told you you would die, so just look at them and sigh.
1: one of the uh, possibilities for our intro song
0: that's right I remember now
1: and you need to play your uh, your version
0: sometime soon, soon again uh, my birthday's in October and electric right. guitars on my list <laughs> <laughs> and lessons from uh, you know we'll Eric Clapton go. or somebody probably should not honest too
2: they see the trip.
0: New York, really young, can I guess if and Teach your parents well.
1: I'm trying to come up with the uh the artist. Oh BTO. Yes.
0: Oh for ain't see nothing yet yeah, This this yeah. is C S N Y Oh
1: yeah,
0: this one. Yeah. But yeah, I'm looking for eventually run out of songs, for uh, so you know. The one you know
2: by. definitely
0: some of your favorites. Don't
2: you ever ask them why If they told you, you would cry So just look at them and sigh